Welcome to Brand Me. I'm Preston Conrad, and on this show, we'll talk all things branding, from launching a product line to owning your side hustle. We'll talk to the movers, the shakers, the thought leaders. What do you say we finally stop focusing on brands X, Y, and Z and focus on brand me? Let's start the show. So I made a pact to myself, my brand is not going to be about giving in to what is trending on social for societal norms. I'm going to do what I think feels right to me. And that's not just doing what everyone else is doing. Today's episode is brought to you by my brand, Preston Conrad Home. I would love for you to come into my world of luxury home fragrance, responsibly made here in America, all for under $50. We've cut out the big box middlemen and we are bringing the finest luxury fragrance right into your home. For you guys listening today on the show, you can take 10% off of any single item on PrestonConradHome.com with the offer code BRANDME. That's PrestonConradHome.com, offer code BRANDME. Hey, everybody. On today's show, we are talking all about the hustle. I am sitting down with Sydney Sadik. She is a media personality and author and the host of a digital series on Instagram, and we're talking about all the hustle that she's put into her personal brand. And there's a lot of great takeaways, no matter what field you work in. So I think you're gonna love this episode with Sydney. She's really fun to talk to, by the way. So enjoy. Hi, Sydney Sadek. How are you? Hello, I'm great. How are you? I'm great. You are an, honestly a true ray of sunshine in this beautiful setting. <laughs> you're sitting in the sunshine. Are you in Florida? Thank you. I am in Florida. So this was sort of what I wanted to do all of last year, 2021. Yep. Yep. And my mom was like, there's no way we're going to Florida, you know, in the height of COVID. Like it's raging there. Yeah. And I'm like, but mom, we would be outside. What are we going to do differently versus being there in the sun or in yeah. New York? And this year I was like, there's no way this would ever happen where we would be here beyond two weeks. And look where we are. We're here. We're stuck. And so now- You pick the right time. You see the wind chills in New York. It's like, what, you know, that time when it's like negative something. Yeah, I know. So you picked the right time. I normally don't mind the cold just with COVID. Like the one thing that just terrifies me, frankly, is eating indoors. So I don't know what I would be doing there is the question. Wait, that's so funny you say that because I feel like my friends think I'm the crazy person because I keep getting invited to dinners and I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to pass. And they're like, oh girl, come on. And I'm like, I, I don't, I can't take 10 days off of anything. I can't catch this thing. And I always say like, if you're going to catch it, it better be worth something really, really good dinner. It's like, you can always do that, you know? 100%. I mean, you, by the way, you can't catch it either because you're a woman of many talents, many endeavors. You're juggling so many things at one time. Have you always had this hustle gene? I mean, I watch you on social media every day and you're always either inspiring us or sharing new projects. Has it always been in you? Well, thank you. It has. I've been working since I was 16 years old. I took a summer program at Harvard and I'd never been to sleepaway camp before. I went to a very small little girl's school on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. I was very sheltered. And I was like, I have to get out of here. This is not reality. And so when I was there, I just kind of saw these different class options and journalism seemed really interesting to me. I had no experience. And I started a blog there and I committed myself every single day to write on this blog. And it's basically what I'm doing today on my lunchtime show on Instagram, just on video. And so being consistent and starting something of my own was always part of my blood. I never liked the idea of relying on someone, even though I have had nine to five jobs as I know you had too, yeah. but I've always just kind of wanted to have my own thing going. Do you think growing up in New York City uh, contributed to that kind of hustle mentality, just being around so many 
probably impressive people doing cool things? Definitely. Both my parents are total self-starters. They're in completely different industries. My dad's dermatologist. My mom works in medical high tech, but they both really rise from absolutely nothing. They just always worked. And when I was little, they were bringing me, you know, to their office when they worked together. And I was always surrounded by very ambitious, motivated individuals. And I feel like when you're around those people, you automatically just become so inspired and you push for yourself too. 100%. Um, You went to school. Did you go to school in DC? I did. I went to GW where I know your friend Liliana Yes. Went to school as well. And a friend of mine from, um, she is one of the producers at GMA. She went to, she went there as well. I feel like all really? media people I know went to GW. They did. And it's so interesting because so many media people didn't actually go to the journalism school where I did. Yeah. Um, and so it was such a unique experience because my classes and everything I was focusing on was totally political. Like I was literally sitting in meetings where mayors were running for office in DC and I was covering this news. Like it's completely different than what I was doing. You know, what I'm oh doing my now. God. Yeah. Did you know you always wanted to be in front? of the camera and from a journalistic point of view or were you like I'm going to be a hard beat writer reporter how did that kind of spark happen for you because you are in front of the camera so often yeah I think you know when I was in high school um I was running the broadcast journalism club when I was in oh my college God, I did the same thing did I was you? like doing the same kind of things yeah and you hear that about other people too, like Jason Kennedy, who has his home videos. Like, I feel like, you know, it's the kind of thing that's in your blood, but I never said, this is what I'm going to be doing every day. I always thought writing would just be my uh, only sort of platform because that's what I did at Harvard. That's what I was doing in college, mostly minus, you know, some of these clubs. Um, but then once I graduated and I was an editor at the Daily Front Row, the Fashion Week publication, which I had interned for, by the way, since I was 16, I was literally writing for them throughout high school, throughout college. Oh my God. I love Eddie. Eddie's like my person, like my Stop. best friend. Oh my, my God. I love yeah. him. He was just in my store. He just came over to my shop. We've known each other for a million years. He's just a, a doll. I didn't know that about you. I didn't. And I didn't know that you knew Eddie. So Eddie and I literally, he took me to every party Stop. growing up. Oh yeah. The, the nights that we've had together, the models he's introduced me to, like I credit him to like my hookups in I college. I like that's how I know all the super, because when I was at Ralph Lauren styling, I knew I was lucky enough to get to hang out with all these supermodels who happened to know Eddie. And so that's how I got to, and that was like that world. That's so funny. He's the common denominator. Yeah, we were just together at Art Basel. So the Daily was my home for almost eight years. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, amazing. Yeah, so that's where I got my start. So So your your personal brand um, was kind of always leaned into the fashion space. Is that right? Like kind of from Daily Front Row? Is that because I I feel like you your personal brand to me as an outsider watching you is uh, a lot about fashion and a lot about um, positivity and kind of striving and reaching to be your best self. How did you kind of like hone in on your personal brand pillars? Because you're pretty tight about it. I try to be. So when I was at the Daily Front Row full-time as an editor, you know, that's when I started noticing that people were not reading as much. They wanted video. They wanted content. And that was just so foreign to a very small media company at that time. So I was pushing the Daily a lot to let me mm. start basically what I'm doing on my lunchtime show for them, doing different things. And it just was so out of their, you know, ability to think, how could we do this? How could we do this without financing? It just wasn't, uh, you know, it's scary tangible. video, scary. And th- you think it costs way too much and way too many people need to be involved, but it's really not. Correct. And so coincidentally, I started getting these calls by different morning shows because they knew my byline from, you know, covering mm. them up on all these shows. 
And I started appearing and it just got to the point where I was like, you know what? On camera is what I want to do. I want to create my own brand. I don't want someone telling me that I can't do something anymore. So I'm 24 years old at the time. If I'm going to take a risk, let me just do it now. And if it doesn't work out, I'll find something else. So that's when I really decided, okay, let me focus on building the Sydney brand. What does that look like? And that changes, by the way, every day. Even though I think I look very tight and consistent, I'm always trying to evolve. I feel like I do a lot more celebrity now, too, than I just did before of just focusing on fashion. So it was really about leaving my job, figuring out how to survive, and I think creating your own brand is something that you can always rely on because you're in control. You're in control, and um, I think something, and like you said, it's it's important to always be evolving, but it's really important when you want to start your own personal brand and really put it out to the world to know what the pillars are that are going to hold that brand up, right? So you have, and have them based in expertise. So you're an expertise in journalism, expertise in fashion journalism, and New York City, right? Or, you know, whatever the pillars may be, Um, but it sounds like you knew those pretty, pretty much from the jump, what your pillars would be of your brand. I did. The only one that felt newer to me was the celebrity side of things because with COVID, you know, people weren't as excited about getting dressed anymore. That whole idea of going to that party and feeling like your best self just seemed so Can I just say during COVID, um, I went, like all of us, went through the highs and lows of like, I'm a really bubbly, outgoing person and found myself like having super dark days. And I really appreciated that you were like sharing a lot of mentalities like me, like, hell no, I'm not going out or yes, I'm staying in. Like, I felt like you were so responsible about it. So I just want to say thank you for sharing that on Instagram. Well, thank you. (laughs) I I noticed the same thing about you. No, when you were going to your house upstairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Catskills, yeah. The Catskills. And, you know, I think... (laughs) There were a lot of people who didn't do what we did, which is totally fine. I try not to judge, but I feel like doing the right thing doesn't go out of style. Like, and it's not just about you. It's about everyone else around you. Yeah. I like that you share. I think that's become a big part of your personal brand is empowering other people um, or at least pushing their thought a little bit more or challenging them to think differently, maybe about themselves or things. Um, And I haven't read your book fully, but tell me about how did the book come to be? How does one write a book? Because you have your book, Aim High, and I saw you promote it. How did that even happen? So I would say in the years now of everything just gets so blurry because of COVID. Yeah. You're in a time warp. (laughs) I know. The beginning of 2019, uh, I just, I knew that I wanted to write one and I wrote basically half of a book that was not aim high. It was a completely different topic. And I started Mm -hmm. shopping it around. I found a book agent who happened to be Alec Baldwin's book agent, did all of his books. Yeah. Very old school uh, woman. And I knew her daughter and I was just like, meet with me. Let's try to figure this out. And so we started getting meetings with different publishers and Everyone was very nice and lovely, but I just didn't feel the fit. Sort of how I felt also with broadcast TV agents. Like I've never settled. Same thing with dating. I'm kind of the same way. Like I try to get the best, the best, the best. Yeah. And so we're shopping around and finally we meet with one of the uh, publishing houses and they were like, you know, I really like this book, the woman I met with, but this feels like your second book. I think your first book should be something a little bit more motivational and bringing out your story and helping people really develop their personal style. I was like, you are so right. Thank you for not just guessing me, you know? Right. Yeah. And and she knew that you needed to lay the groundwork almost first of like introducing people to who, who you are and what your brand is. 
completely. And she was so right. And so I said, this is the group I want to be with. Let's do whatever. So they advanced me to write this book without any proposal, any chapters written. They literally were like, okay, we know she can write based off of this other proposal that she had done. Let's roll with it. And so it really was a year and a half um, of working on this that I wrote the book. We got it done. I was supposed to have my book cover shoot the week that we went into lockdown. And so my brother, who is now 18 years old, he was Wait, like, I don't know your brother. I'm obsessed with him based on what he does for your Instagram. You're like, my brother does this. I just love, he's, tell him hello. Cause he is Thank a Thank you. I will. Honestly, Eddie, by the way, has written some hilarious articles about him over the years. You have to look. It's hilarious. Oh my God, I will. Of his own stuff. But, um, we started shooting on iPhones in our garage in the Hamptons. And I was like, this is just not going to work. Like, thank you, Mitchell, so much. You're an amazing brother. But this is just not working. And so luckily, I just had these old photos that were basically taken. The last time I was in LA, we used them. And then the book was released in September 2020. And I didn't get the book party that I envisioned, like Carrie Bradshaw. The Carrie Bradshaw party, right? Yeah. (laughs) It wasn't glam, but it was right. And I feel like I was actually able to reach more people because – People from all around the country were able to come in on Zoom and we did the thing and here we are. You said it interesting. I love hearing that story and it's very inspiring. I think, um, you know what's funny? I still get the question to to this day and I always get a little – I tell people just to do it, but people write me all the time saying, you know, I'm looking for a contact in XYZ. Maybe that's a book publisher. I'm looking for whatever. And I always say, get on Google, do some work and – don't be afraid to cold call. What's your kind of theory on that? Reaching out to people, being nervous to reach out to the wrong person, being embarrassed. Like clearly you've done it and, and it's worked. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what I was doing at the start of my Instagram live show. I was literally just reaching out. I was doing that when I had my blog in high school. I literally would go wait in line and you can't do this anymore because of COVID. But I was waiting in line at bookstores when any celebrity was there oh at Barnes and Noble signing their book. Like that's how I interviewed Rihanna for the first time. There was no plan. I just went and I just asked. Oh my God. In a plaid skirt, by the way. That's, <laughs> I'm a little girl school, so embarrassed. That's <laughs> amazing. I mean, that speaks back to this hustle mentality. It's really in your, it's really in you. You're like, I'm just going to do it. Same thing with, you know, the tomorrow by today, having them pick up my Instagram show. Like all of that has just been networking and hustling. Yeah, I want to ask you about, so uh, a lot of people uh, went one of two ways in COVID with with a personal brand. They either were really um, kind of crippled by the the pressure and the scare of everything and kind of retreated, or they Mm -hmm. were like, let me pivot and make the most out of this. You did the latter and you launched Lunchtime with Sydney uh, when everyone was trying to get on Instagram live. Yeah, Um, literally. Tell me about how that happened, how it started and what it's become today. Um, I just remember going to my mom's house in the Hamptons. Like we were in the sound of music, packing this car with everything we could possibly fit in it. Since my mom works in this world, I just remember her saying we were in Palm Beach at the time. She said, we're going back to New York, pack your stuff. I don't think we're going to be back for at least six months. And this is before anyone understood what was really going on. So I sort of knew early that this was going to be weird. And so based on that knowledge, I was like, all right, if my mom's basically giving me the heads up that I'm not going to be going into a TV studio. And this is, as you know, and I feel like you were at the same place. And by the way, I love what you're doing with Access, but you and I were in a TV studio. Yeah, I was in, it was in LA shooting with Access the week everything closed. Right. But you were also on TV in person nonstop. I feel like we were all at our prime, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
So I started getting really on edge and I was like, what am I going to do? I know this is going to, you know, end there were still the virtual segments that we all were doing for a bit very consistently, but that also, you just didn't know. And so I said, okay, what's the one thing again that I can control? That's my Instagram page. Let's start my own show. I wanted to start interviewing people. I was known to the networks as just the fashion girl. And I said, I'm not going to be pigeonholed again, you know, as being able to do just one thing. If I want people to see another side of me, this is what we've got to do. And I remember that's just- That's really smart. That's really smart because I I waited for a long time to get access to give me celebrity interviews. Um, and I was kind of too nervous to ask because I was the fashion guy, right? And yep. I would get called for Met and get called for whatever. And I'm like, I could do that. I mean, hello, I'm the fun gig. I can talk to that woman on the carpet. Just let me he do it. You did such a good job. Oh, thanks. But um, it's funny. You you took that into your own hands and you were like, let me show this other side of my personal brand on my own terms. Yeah. And I think still like to this day, it's the one thing now I can show because if we didn't have this whole group of content that I've done myself, where would it stem from, right? Yep. So, um, is that what is that? Yeah. So, did lunchtime with Sydney, which was happening obviously during lunch during COVID? I know we I always tuned in to see because you had really you. good. You still do really good guests on. I still do it. This month's guest, by the way, I think is the best month that we've ever had coming up. Like, uh, oh and when I say we, it's me. I talk about myself like it's a group. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> that that that's a true hustler right there. I mean, I do the same thing. You have to project the brand. Like there may be other people there helping you out, but people know that you're working hard at your own thing. I don't know what they know. I think they think there's a whole group of people who book the show, who produce it, who do everything. And that's totally fine. I don't really care what anyone thinks, but right. it's one person. <laughs> you know what's funny? I remember one of the episodes that like totally caught my attention because I am a freak for Below Deck. And I think you had a Below uh, Deck, some Below Deck people on. And I was yep. like, oh my gosh, <laughs> telling everybody to tune in. Oh, but so, so did, sweet. did that, is that, um, how did the Today Show integration happen? Was that directly from that? Directly. I mean, you know, I'd been on Hoda and Jenna a bunch leading up to COVID. I was on really regularly. And so I was, you know, really uh, with that group. And I was like, look at what I'm doing. They're like, wait a minute. Like, this is actually really cool. We've never done an Instagram live before. What if you did this for us on one of our channels? And Tomorrow by Today happened to be this new platform that they were really focusing on to try to catch millennials' attention. And so I was like, okay, let's do it. And they were like, let's try it out. They said, we'll try it out for a month. And now it's been almost two years. And listen, you know this, Preston, like everything in TV, I believe, eventually comes to an end. You cannot get attached. If I could be as detached in my personal life as I am in my professional life, my whole life would be perfect, but I'm not. I'm a very (laughs) emotional person in my personal life. But you really have to be detached because something can be taken away from you in a second, but my lunch times can't. And so that's what I always Mm. keep in mind. If I own it, if it's mine, I'm the only one who can say goodbye. If it's someone else's, yep. you have to assume eventually it'll close. And so that's my mentality every day. I know something can always end. Yeah, that's a really, it's really kind of like focusing on your own house that you're building. Yes, you may get a lot of great outbuildings and get to go to other fancy buildings, but the house that you're building is your house forever. Yeah. Um, talk to me a little bit about social media when it comes to your personal brand. Do you, has that always been a goal? Because you're Scott, your following count, I'm guessing because of the show has, you know, skyrocketed. Because I remember when I first found you, you were probably, I don't know, 30K or something. Or less I don't than know, that. Probably, probably less than 20. That. Yeah. yeah. Talk to me a bit about the power of social for your personal brand and your community. Definitely the show. I mean, when you start bringing on 
big names that other people are really interested in. It naturally just creates like this community. People are like, oh, well, if she's bringing on this guy from below deck, she's probably going to have other people on. And so they come back because they know that they're going to see more of the people who they like. Then I think in addition to that, because of the book and I was going on a pretty massive digital press tour when that came out, that also really Mm -hmm. helped. But I think with social, like I'm annoyingly – consistent. Like, you know, Mondays through Wednesdays, I'm going to do my lunchtime. You know that there's going to be a promo graphic on Thursdays for my tomorrow, Wednesday and Fridays. You know, there's going to be an outfit of the day. And so I, I'm sure that, uh, bothers, you know, the average person, right. Who follows along. I actually don't think they do. I think they want, I think they crave consistency. I really do. I think a follower is much like a puppy. And, (laughs) um, I think you need to train them for what they are to expect from your brand. And I think, the people that are there for you, that's just my, my POV, but I think I like they're that. there for you for, you know, I had a woman DM me once. I like, I say morning people every morning and I just, it was a I love that thing. you do that. I oh love my God. that. I know you it do happened too. by accident. And I didn't say it one day. I was really busy. And this woman was like, my day started off all wrong. You didn't say it this morning. Ah. I was like, what? But they, that's what you're I'm right. saying. Like your, your followers crave what you give them on the reg. And I think don't, don't forget that. That's a great piece of advice. I agree. But you're right. Morning people, though. I mean, honestly, I loved hearing it, too. And you were even doing it when there wasn't anywhere to go. Nowhere to go. I was just saying hello. There is nowhere to go. I know. Um, Talk to me a bit about, because you've had so many great wins and successes, and, and, and it's such a natural evolution for your personal brand from where you started to where you are now. And we'll talk about what's next. But what kind of setbacks did you encounter in in developing the Sydney Sadik brand that you maybe still run into or that you had a hard time getting over or? Yeah. You know, I think that in the last two years, there have been so many societal pressures on social media where you have to fit into this box, starting with BLM. You had to post that black square. You had the Jewish Life Matters. You had Asian Life Matters. You had vaccinations. You had the presidential election. Uh, It goes on and on and on. And I started feeling very pressured. Like I had to be posting about these Mm. things and Mm. I was doing it. Like I posted that black square and I didn't feel like good about posting that square, for example, because Mm. I'm like, wait a minute, this is not my idea. This Mm. is not what it means to me to be Mm. inclusive, right? Like this Mm. is just what society is wanting me to do to Mm. say that you're not racist, for example, right? Mm. And I think especially when you're younger and I'm 27, I'm turning 28 I think you especially fall more into that trap because you just want to be accepted by people. Mm. That wasn't good for me of my Mm. brand because that wasn't authentic. And so I really don't like that I fell into some of that at the beginning Mm. of this pandemic. And I made a pact to myself eventually. I feel like it was right after BLM. I'm like, no, if I'm going to post about one of these issues, I would have to post about all of them, I feel like, to be fair and to say that all these issues should get good light. And I was like, if I'm just going to start picking and choosing and just posting about Jewish life matters because I'm Jewish, I'm like, that just doesn't feel good. Right. And so I made a pact to myself. My brand is not going to be about giving in to what is trending on social for societal norms. I'm going to do what I think feels right to me. 
And that's not just doing what everyone else is doing because then it just doesn't feel authentic. And I think my followers too. People are like, are you really posting this because you actually give a shit about this? I don't know if I'm allowed to curse on here. No, yeah. I curse all the time. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I just said to myself, what's good for me with my health might not be good for someone else. So I'm not going to tell everyone to right. get the vaccine. I did that, but that might not be good for someone else's health. So I've just said enough. I'm not doing any of this anymore. Do people pressure you? On the opposite side of it, saying, hey, why aren't you saying anything about vaccines or whatever? Totally. They have. I mean, I think it's gotten to a place now where I've been consistently consistent with not talking about this stuff. But they get it. I mean, I've had, you know, an infectious disease doctor on, for example, and I come in a more of a neutral perspective and I've interviewed him about COVID. But at the beginning, 1000% with Jewish Life Matters, like, why aren't you standing up for your Jews? I said, listen, I said, I go to temple every high holiday. You're like, I've got a girl from below deck on my show today. We're not talking about this. Right. I'm like, I eat matzah, you know, for Passover. I don't eat bread. Like, I just, this is my personal life and it doesn't need to be everyone else's business. And that's my choice. And accept it or leave it. How much, how often, and I kind of find this struggle because my name um, is become my, my personal brand has become a product brand brand. Um, do yeah. you find pressure or do you find a weird balance where between your personal life and your personal brand when it comes to sharing things publicly on Instagram? I do. I feel like <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, you know, my father actually brought this up to me the other day. He was like, you know, I wonder if your presence on Instagram intimidates guys. And he was like using that as the reason as to why. Oh my god, he's just, just being such a dad. <laughs> such a dad, such an old dad. But not to be totally. rude, that's my such dad's a like dad in the thing. 70s. I mean, I'm yeah. like, come on. So you know, I do think that people assume that if you are very active on social, that when you're together, you're probably always on your phone. That's not me at all. When I'm with my yeah. friends, when I'm with my family, I'm not on at all. Like I very much am present with the people who I'm around. Yeah. So I think it's gone in the way in the sense that people assume that you have to be one way because you're this way on Instagram or because you seem like you're sharing so much on social media that that's exactly what's going on in your daily life. Not true. No one saw me crying yesterday because I feel like we're going back to 2020. Like yeah. it's just not yeah. the reality. So yeah, I think it does get in the way a bit, but I have to remind myself every day, okay, but that pushes me. And if someone is going to let Instagram come in the way of their perception or their relationship with me, then they're probably not right for you in whatever aspect of your life. Friends, love, Yeah, we had, we had a um, – I had – do you know Megan Roop? I had yes. Megan Roop on yeah. the podcast and we were having a conversation about um, being totally fine and happy for people to unfollow uh, if they're not – committed to what your personal brand is offering, right? Like, or totally. there, and it sounds like you're, I, I'm very much the same. You know, a lot of people want me to share a, a lot about my personal, personal life. And I've just never been that kind of creator or yeah. talent on Instagram. You're so a professional. I, hear, I, you're correct. A professional. I, got, I have a LinkedIn profile. I want to keep it <laughs> yeah. nice. You know what I mean? Like I go to these dinners with some of these like influencers. I'm like, Oh my God, this guy's like never worked a day in his life. What's I think it's on? because you came from again, a structured yeah. shop before just like me. And no one realizes that you didn't know. Like I literally worked my ass from eight in the morning till way above midnight. And weekends yep. for Eddie for years. Like I had no life growing up. You should see. He always laughs. Go, Sydney. You got so skinny once you left the daily. I'm like, yeah, because I was grinding behind the computer, like you know, eating M and M's and writing articles till one in the morning. Totally. You get that that perspective. What is next for Sydney Sadik Brand? 
Ooh. Uh, so I do have a new sort of TV gig that is going to be starting soon. Uh, that, yeah, I'm excited about that. Uh, more in the celebrity realm. Did you so. go, go, do you get to go back in studio? If I want to, but to be honest with you, I have said no to. So. I've been doing access from my house for for so long now. I'm like, I, totally, I got my lighting set up good. I'm comfortable. You're with Emily. It's great. This show is not based in New York. And so I'll be able to Zoom for now. I'm starting something else of my own that is in media that sort of goes off of my days at the daily and my writing for other publications. And I'm going to be launching that in the coming months. Uh, I'll be able to talk more about that soon. But of course, yeah. What kind of what kind of tips would you give to someone who is trying to juggle many things like you, but remaining passionate about all of them without letting one of the apples drop? Um, Cause it sounds like you got a lot of pots on your stove. <laughs> I do. And uh, that's funny. And for a reason, I think being multi-passionate and having a lot going on is really the only way to succeed in media right now, because you don't know when one door is going to close and, mm. Uh, when, you know, one form of content is no longer going to be popular, when something might come back. So don't let the idea of having multiple things going on intimidate or overwhelm you. Look at that as actually safety. Like that's mm-hmm. actually the only time when I feel secure. If I only have one thing going on, I'm like, there's no way this is going to sustain itself. So turn that overwhelming feeling into a positive and just keep building. That's all I do every day. And there's so much that people don't see that goes on every day. As Would you, know. you share more of that? Would you share more of your brand building behind the scenes if people ask for it? I would. I would. Yeah. But I also feel like, and it's not to say about being um, secretive, yeah. but I do think that there are some things that make your brand successful because you have a little bit of that secret sauce. And I don't think it's everybody's right to know exactly what your formula is if you have been the one to develop it. If it's something that you've learned from others, I feel like that's so worth sharing. But if it's something that really sets your success apart, like I think you can be a little selfish and not share exactly what that looks like. And that doesn't make you a bad person. That makes you probably a smart and protective person who loves your brand. And I think that's okay. Yeah, I think there's a lot about protecting um, something, you know, your your brand kind of secrets, sharing what you can. And it's so funny that that what you said about the not having a lot going on, that Joan Rivers quote, when she the only time she would get scared is when she would look at her calendar and there's only one thing on the day. Yep. <laughs> you know, that's that, how I feel. That's why COVID's that. been hard. But that's why COVID has been very hard. And I think for someone like yourself or me who is going to tons of events and, yep. you know, getting dressed up beyond for doing this stuff, like it's almost like you're mourning a part of life and it's very weird. Like I went to Art Basel in Miami and like, I felt like that part of my life came back for like four days. And now I'm like, again, I'm like, Oh my God, I'm really with my mom and my brother every day, all day. And like, it's nice, but it's not what I signed up for. You know, you're doing an amazing job, um, offering new solutions in this weird world and reinventing your brand. And, um, the hustle is, um, there's so much mad respect I have for you. Thank you so much. I feel the same way. I watch every single day. I love the candles. I love your brand. Access, you're killing it with it. I mean, it's just, that's what you just have to be doing. It's just 
keep on When going. the world opens back up and we're safely allowed to hang out, I'll come up, we'll go to Ralph's. We have to. That'll be yes. so fun. So I used to live around the corner from Ralph's. That's where I grew up. And now I live um, on, uh, in the 20s. But now I go back and forth all the time uptown. So we'll have to. You'll get me back. That's to my roots. old turf. I used to do the windows for those stores when I worked for Ralph Lauren a million years ago. Um, so yes, I know so the ins why? and outs and the tunnels of, yeah, I worked for Ralph Lauren for 15 years. But I know you worked around, but that must be why you look so familiar and not from like a TV sort You probably of thing. saw me hanging upside down in the window at Ralph Lauren. Because I passed by every day when they were doing that. That is hilarious. I was like, yes. who's that cute guy who does the yeah, windows? I was there was forever. <laughs> that's so funny. Well, that's where we're going to meet up and we're going to finally have our in-person brand new chat. Coffee oh amongst yeah, the Ralph Lauren teddy bears. I love that. Hilarious. Totally. So good. Sydney, oh thank you so much for coming on. I'm so happy for you. Congratulations. Thank How can you. everybody find you on social and on, on all the things? Yeah, you can uh, check me out on Instagram at Sydney Sadik and my books wherever you find books. <laughs> all the book places. I love all it. The book Sydney, places, yeah. stay safe down there. Keep inspiring all of us. Thank you. For more on the show, you can find us on Instagram at Brand Me Podcast or at Preston Conrad. Be sure, of course, to rate, review, and subscribe and share on social. Thanks again for tuning in and we'll catch you next week.